Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Transform and roll out. You lead it in, then. You I lead did, it in. I did Optimus Prime. Can we? Is that? Can we talk about Optimus Prime on here? We can talk about Optimus Prime. How come all the superhero slash cartoon whatever? Welcome movies, to the Marketing Money Podcast, by the way. I it, kind of it, love that. It's always around some type of box, the All Spark or the the Blue Sky Beam. Blue. They sky all have beam? some box of that's power. Called, that's called a MacGuffin. A MacGuffin. Yeah, a MacGuffin is a plot device in a film or book. Or story or poem. Or You're going to learn a lot today. We have a lot to discuss. Edda. This is going to be almost like an encyclopedia Google wiki session. Yeah, right so now. a MacGuffin is a thing there just to advance the plot. It has no <laughs> real purpose. So, I mean, that's what that's a MacGuffin. So, the, the most famous MacGuffin from film history is the, the name of the movie. The Lost Ark? The Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon would be the most famous. Yeah. With Humphrey, I don't know. Humphrey Bogart? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's not that famous, but I mean, it's the name of the movie. So, the MacGuffin is the inanimate or animate object. Yeah. I mean, a human can be a MacGuffin, like go rescue the princess. But, like, Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark would have been the MacGuffin because it advanced the plot to get it. Yeah. Nothing ever happened. It did not do anything until the end when they took the roof off. Yeah. But, but it, it didn't do anything. That Now, that is called Deus Ex Machina, God in the Machine. In other words, it's. Which that one was, I guess, literally the spirit of God, maybe that melted. There's also a very tasty adult beverage called Ghost in the Machine. Yeah, which is it's a it's a cloudy IPA. Ghost. You know, it's a cloudy IPA. Oh, it's not a. It's out of it's out of uh, Louisiana. Okay, but Ghost in the Machine's very good. But a goza, God in the Machine, a goza, a, a goza in the Machine would be even yeah. better. Anyway, be a so more it's sour. It's, so it's basically a miraculous event or event that that ends the movie so the hero doesn't have to so it so you get a MacGuffin and a deus ex machina at the same time with, we um, or you may i we need to use MacGuffin more in our like daily lives yeah. like that's just a MacGuffin. it's just something to get the meeting move forward yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with it the meetings are the MacGuffin now <laughs> email it could be a MacGuffin, yeah or not but so anyway Today, Start with a trivia, like like no, right off the bat. We're going to have a couple stories today of stuff like this because we're kind of working our way back into discussion points and topics. And, and one thing is uh, odd things that happened during the pandemic, and I think there's some hope coming out of the pandemic in some areas. Josh and I have both been vaccinated now thanks to living in Mississippi where anyone can get it. I know there's some states you can't even get it unless you're under a certain age or certain qualifiers in Mississippi. And we're on like our third or fourth week of it. Like anyone can get it now. So, yay, we can sit in a room together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's cool. I don't know. I mean, another word could be a placebo. Did could, you, I mean, they could have shot nothing in me. Like, you got Pfizer, correct? Uh, uh, as far as you know. As far as I know. Yeah. Okay. Or as far as I know. Yeah. So no, I believe it. I'm I'm making a joke. Don't do that. We've got to convince people to take the vaccine. No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're freaking me out with your MacGuffin stuff over there. Told- it was just a MacGuffin. It was just to get me out of the line. I waited in. <laughs> just it didn't hurt at all. That's because the guy was like winking. It didn't yeah, even have a needle like, in. Go his ahead head. and move ahead. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> my arm didn't hurt or eat. No, my arm did hurt. I got something. I can tell you that. 
anyway, no, I'm fully vaccinated. Proud to be. Uh, so am I. And so I was saying that the point is, if you're listening and you can get it legally, wherever you are. Ethically and morally. Go get it. I would encourage you to, because I think it's a good thing. And I think we've all had our booster shots as children and our flu shots and all that other stuff. It's just another means of helping the human species endure. Endure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I thought it was interesting. We were talking earlier about items or inventions or achievements or advancements that have happened due to circumstance and not necessarily planning. And during the pandemic, I think oh, and, yeah. you know, mobile and items like that have rushed forward and the adoption. And we've talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. Now it's like the old thing to talk about. Uh, but some interesting stories when Josh and I were thinking about columns and writings and things we do for study is you found out that there's a, a fashion brand that weirdly and oddly enough, a, a very high end brand was made out of necessity. And I've thought of a couple other items that were also made out of necessity that we're just going to discuss here because I think it. For this, I don't know how tactical it is if you're listening as a bank marketer, but I, I think it maybe it'll stoke some uh, some energy or maybe it'll just be the next answer to a trivia quiz you have when you're uh, at a uh, happy hour somewhere that has a trivia game going on. So anyway. Uh, oh, by the way. Yeah. Just a little self-brag. Oh, self-brag. When yeah. do you not self-brag? Sleep? Do well, that's I, just a MacGuffin. Yeah. I, I, that's just, that, your, you can't just, that's just your means. It's, not, it's, not it's just your means to get to the next day. You can't, everything's not a MacGuffin. Actually, it is. Strangely, as friendly as John and I are, we have not participated in my fav- one of my favorite activities. We have. Except for once. Okay. And we, But we did a twofer that night. If you've ever noticed my LinkedIn, it says I'm a trivia champion. That is no lie. I will back him up on that. That is no lie. If there's ever bar trivia. If I ever made it on the Millionaire Show and had the call, you're the call. I know I wouldn't be your call, but you would be my call. No, and I, would. I would not suggest I be your call either, though. That's how I know it. But anyway, you would be my call. There, my my call list is pretty short because I mean this is one of those things where like Rocky Miss Kelly might be on that call list. That's because he would know the person <laughs> that was. He would the, not only know the answer, he would know the person that created whatever yeah. it was. No, I've got a short list of people. Um, Bobby, the producer, we've played we've played trivia. He's a, he's a solid trivia team member. He's not giving me any acknowledgement. Very, very valuable trivia team member. I'm really good at walking the answers from the table to the front. Yeah, that's he is a hey man, hey. Don't hate the messenger. The messenger is just as important as the message. But but I can't. <laughs> so so due to being vaccinated and a weird confluence of events, I was at a bar, which is strange because I don't. Who are you waiting on your takeout? Yeah. yeah. And some people were there, and they were like, "Do you want to play trivia?" And I was like, yeah, but nah, but I'll play with you until I'm not even going to pony up. It's like asking MJ to play pickup when he's he's walking by the park. Like, hey, man, you want to play some pickup? Nah, not really. If I get into it, it's not going to be fun for anybody. Well, (laughs) that's kind of what happened. They didn't know. They didn't know. (laughs) They didn't know. And so the, the food took a little bit longer, wound up winning with a perfect score. But there was a person there on the other team that was very upset and thought we cheated. But anyway, it was cool to get back into the regular world. Trivia, trivia is my jam. Yeah, it is. And there was a we went on a trip one time for to shoot a commercial in Auburn, Alabama, Alabama. of all places. And we walked into trivia night at the at the school, and we were at, at well, a, not at the school, the sports at a, bar at the school. Well, yeah, on campus, near, near, near campus, near, near campus. Yeah, I missed that on. So anyway, see, I can't win this. That's why I delivered the message. But we were uh, about two or three questions in when we sat down. No, like four. Were we that deep? Yeah, we were. And, and anyway, uh, we won the whole night of trivia. Came from behind. From behind. and Zero for the first few questions. And 
Credit to you, Josh was probably eighty percent of them, but I got two or three little obscure. He did some clutch. I had some. some clutch. I was like the one that knew the specific obscure something yeah. that no one knew. Proud of you. And you knew what no one knew, but you knew a lot of it. <laughs> I, but I had like the two that our team couldn't get. I got so yeah. I was like I was like the designated hitter. Yeah. Couldn't play in the field. There, there was a time, and Bobby, you were there for this, if I'm not mistaken, where there was a tiebreaker. I don't know that you know this legendary moment. It was the the guy administering said it's going to be a number. We'll we'll come back after a break. He plays a song. You have a beer. People go out and smoke. Whatever you do at bars. And I said write down eight. Eight's the answer. And they're like, well, whatever. And I was like, write down eight. Eight's the answer. <laughs> and came back. And I think the question was how many Grammys has you you two won? I don't know if if eight's the answer. That is completely not the answer. 56? No, I believe it's 22. I don't know. Whatever it was, I said the number. And got it. And it was, I didn't know the question. I really didn't. This was. So it, it was luck, but it looked. But they were like, I, the team was like, I guess we'll put. Because no one knew. Because no one knew. Yeah. That's awesome. And that was the answer. That's awesome. Had a, I didn't sleep that night <sighs> at all. It's like Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. No. Sure, some, somebody is going to challenge. There's going to be a challenge. Oh, I'm. I hope so. Challenge me. As long as they don't trip me taking the messages to the front to be read off, I'm, I'm kind of fired up. I'll do some trivia. Oh, well. What? Someone listening to this has probably caught three or four different answers for things today yeah. just out of listening to it. Yeah. So what's what? You're talking about trivia. I derailed us. No. Well, because, yeah, you did derail, but that's okay. We can derail because it's our podcast. I think coming out of the pandemic and people talk about digital, we discovered today looking at our digital platform after testing it a few times you can open an account in five minutes or less that's awesome which is awesome and i'm i'm hoping for my fellow bankers out there that i know if you're a marketer listening to this you're probably not in charge of that experience or the tech to make it happen but the marketing of it's you know is yours so if you can get your your systems down to five minutes or less and opening a a retail checking account online which i guess might not make it retail it would be more like consumer direct all power to you and how you market it, especially coming out of this pandemic that we hopefully are coming out of. I think that's one of the top five things. If there is five things you should be looking into is how do you get your product to the consumer digitally? And look, this is not news and I'm not acting like yeah. it is here, but I'm still not seeing a lot of it yet. Well, hopefully because adoption lag, just period, it takes time to, you know, get her done. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's tough, right? It's turning a Titanic at a bank, you know, uh, to get something done. But, you know, what, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. The, when you need it, 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 it makes it a little bit more important. And, you know, another thing is it wasn't like the pandemic happened and there was a vacuum. I mean, you know, federal government was like, hey, banks, you're going to do this. <laughs> you're going to be the executor, which was good. Let me drop this on you real quick. How about a, how about these loans you're going to make in about three weeks that's the equivalent of probably yeah, half your business? Well, well, try more like on Friday at, after close of business and Monday. You're open for business. Yeah. Uh, we signed this into law. So, I mean, obviously banks, everybody killed it on that. Great job, everybody. But it's not like there was nothing else to do. But I, But I think part of that necessity coming out of it is what are you going to do to capitalize on what you did with Triple P and not just say we did a great job helping our clients. Those new clients that you have that now trust you because you got them through the the fire when it was still burning, I guess. We didn't start the fire, it's Billy always, Joel. Yeah. You know, how do you 
grow that wallet share? How do you help protect them? Because if they go back that to... That album was Stormfront, by the way, I think. Stormfront? I think that was the album. They go back and uh, someone will Google Bobby that now. Jack. But they may be thinner than before. In other words, like they may not hire back as many people yeah. or they may not have the same services. And how does your bank help them pivot, business being a good word, to operate in a... Track two on Stormfront. Down East for Alexa, track one? No. Oh, dang. I knew it wasn't number one. Uh, There you go. They can't hear Bobby, so it doesn't even matter. uh, I was wrong. But you were wrong, but that's okay. You were close. Did you you know the song Down East for Alexa was on the album Stormfront? I did not. You were in the ballpark, 92. 89. 89. Ooh, you got it. It's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. (laughs) May. This somehow became Josh going into Billy Joel trivia time, which hey, I'm whatever. sure we just lost every listener possible whatever. out there. They like Billy Joel. Um, Billy Joel in the um, Boys, pretty funny and weird. I don't know why he was in it. Yeah, what was the song in that? The the show The Boys on Amazon Prime, by the way. Uh, was it the same song every time? I think it was. The, yeah, it was something. Um, the uh, one with him on a bridge. It's, it's, some of the, it's the same album. Um, was it? It wasn't only the Good Day Young. That was older. No, no, no. That was much older. Back to the lecture at hand. Necessity has made us change our model, and I think marketers need to change the way they're approaching these businesses that now you have some new businesses that have trusted you on triple or had a bad experience, maybe. And what are you going to do to bring them back to having a good experience? Maybe the bank that they were dealing with didn't, didn't do triple P loans, or maybe the triple P loan they had didn't work right due to some technicality or something like that. So there's, there's lots of opportunity for banks to make up ground. There's opportunity to call the relationship or push the relationship with uh, with new clients that came on to Triple P because maybe they were banging somewhere else due to some reason. So, I wonder how many people left banks during this. I mean, that'd be an interesting, like, if you couldn't get to a bank and you're kind of in your your. Well, you remember the pattern. confusion when it first started? There were a few banks that were saying, we're not going to do it. And a lot of those clients went to other banks. Then they flipped and said, no, we're going to do it because we were not, but now we are. And some were trying to get it online, and some were just saying, well, our bankers will do it. And some were using fintech hybrids and stuff. And it was like, you just didn't know. That first round was rough. It was. I think we spoke about it, but remember buying those uh, SEM keywords and all this? The SEO and SEM wild. keywords? I don't think we have talked about it, actually. Well, let's, it's necessity. So talk about it a little bit. So Because it, it was it was like a two-day just... Well, I would say, you know, you open it up with... Or I can say what... You, John wanted to buy PPP keywords. Just, I mean, obviously. We didn't know. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is a good chance to bring in a bunch of business or opportunity for business. Well, yeah, I mean, somebody's going to be Googling it. That maybe we didn't, we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And stre- so, so this was still pre opening. But you were, li- you and I were like live doing this on the phone, like on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was that. So I was flying the plane building at the same time. Yeah. Type deal. And it was me doing it, which um, we have more. And better qualified people, I guess, but still worked out because we bought, I don't even know the dollar amount we spent, an insignificant dollar amount in most budgets and got so much we had to shut it down. But the weird thing is, oh, I got a call that was like, shut it down now or we're, we've got too much business. Like it's like, it's crazy. Like it's crazy. Like one of those type deals. um, But we bought metro areas because, you know, we bought bought triple P, you know, paid. Paycheck the, protection. We bought like right. those words, but you know, it was we felt in the more rural areas we probably had enough loyalty and community bank camaraderie that you know, 
either you're going to call your bank or, or, or Renaissance in that in those markets. So just where there's a little bit lower name ID or more saturation or dilution. So, so I, you know, I don't want to share a whole lot of the details, but necessarily, but the the results were obviously enough to, to that, that the bank felt it at a corporate level and said shut it down. But the weird thing is, is that we went back and did another round uh, at the third round, technically the third round of PPP, the last round, because that was technically the third, I think. It was, everybody looked at it as round two, but there was that kind of weird little re-up of round one. Yeah, for Uh, banks under 10B and whatever, there's some some caveats. But anyway, Google had shifted that quickly and was now regulating PPP keywords and what you could say and what you couldn't say in them. But it was crazy that like the juncture at which we bought the first. Yeah, we ones, we bought it no when regu- no one knew who it was, what it was, and so it's and like, no why are these bought. people buying this combination of words? Who knows what it means? And then you're getting like, I don't know what what did we measure it by percent or when we? I mean, it was put it this way, it was crazy enough to think to be like, it's had to have struck as like the highest of that term on Google that day for anybody. Had to be. Well, we were getting like I would just say to not give specificity. For a few thousand dollars, I would say near infinite. Oh, it was impression. just a, it was just a line around the corner, basically. Yeah. If you if it was physical, I mean, it was just like what what did you do? Like stop. And I mean, I would I, I do feel like it. They were very. They would have passed the later rules. Oh, they, they were very. Th- yeah, this wasn't any like trickery. It was just like if you're looking for this. Yeah, but the rules weren't preventing trickery. They were like super conservative. Yeah, like I can't remember what all they were. Now, if y'all bought them, you you know what I'm talking about. And it's really weird, like strangely non-traditional, but you know, luckily Renaissance is of a size to have the bandwidth to, you know. I mean, we did like 1.3 billion. Yeah, it was like four or five months worth of our loan volume in two weeks or three weeks. It was yeah. crazy. People worked three weeks in luckily, a row. Towards the you know that ladder round, there was a portal. So I mean, I think that helped. Yeah. Well, we had to stand it up. Everybody had to stand those things up. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway. Uh, but it, it does show, I think, a bank's ability to do well. And when and, the, and look, we disclosed this. This is on our earnings calls. We remember twenty five percent of the triple P loans we did were new business. So yeah. think about that for a minute. You can do the math. One point three. Now, now was, let me ask you this: total new business or number of new or like they didn't have a deposit account or anything i think they did not have a deposit relationship with our at bank all. So, so at which all would be in, at all yeah and and that's 25 percent of the uh, of the loans not the number i think but it, it comes close anyway yeah. if you average it out and so i look at that from our perspective as that's 25 percent of the people that either went to us because they're with a different bank that didn't do it told them they couldn't do it or said this isn't a chance to go to this bank because i've wanted to do business with y'all and i haven't yet or maybe they got the they went sem seo and got it that way or probably a referral would be a big one many I'm ways with Renaissance, you know. i think there's eight or nine ways they got to us but for me as a marketer now we have to make sure does the forgiveness go well do we treat them well with their new relationship and then do we onboard and wallet share growth with them products they need and nurture this because it's a heck of an opportunity. Yeah. And so that's why, I mean, we've talked about this. That's why we use things like marketing automation. That's why we use things uh, like Salesforce and, and those CRM-type platforms. Intelligently, that are, though. Intel- not, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We're, not, ju- we're not just shooting messages. Hey, w- welcome to the bank. Go well, do this. Well, one, we're actually doing messages because we we can build a plan. But, like, there's, 
lot of charlatanry around this stuff. There, well, there's a lot of people that talk about it, but have never done it. Yeah. yeah. Or have never either worked with or in a bank, which are both. You don't have to work in a bank to be a marketer. I mean, but my point is like there's a lot, a lot of theory. A lot of theory when I'm like, go work for a bank and do it. Yeah. Or go work with and a bank. You know, and one do of it. our things is don't automate a thing until it gets until it we've proven that it's more efficient to do it in automation. I mean, hitting a button to send an email. There there's a little meme video I saw online and it's uh it's pretty funny. It's a it's a ticket booth, like getting on a, a metro or a Marta or whatever it is, and the shows the outside, the person's putting their ticket in the slot, they walk through the turnstile and they grab their ticket on the other side and keep walking. And then it shows inside the ticket booth, it's a guy, and he's just grabbing it with one hand and then pushing it in the other yeah. one. And he's just sitting there all day, grabbing with his left hand, putting his right hand and pushing it out the other one as the person walks to the turnstile. And you're like, the joke under it was, is this your automation plan? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a person just doing everything, and just to the, to the public, it looks like it's automatic. Yeah. And those things are good and bad, right? But there's nothing wrong with it. Like, but if you do, if, to the ticket example, if you're doing it every day and it's repetitive, yeah, probably time to automate it. Find a way to automate it. But until you've done that, or until you can build a big case that it should be, I see people building automation plans around something they're going to have like three click-throughs a year. Like, he has no insurance and mortgage and blah, blah, blah. Like, well, well I guess, unless it's really highly profitable. Anyway, I don't want to get in the weeds on that. This is this is your mixed bag podcast, eh? It's the mixed bag podcast speaking of bags what were you telling me the other day at lunch about louis vuitton bags oh, <laughs> there's no way we just segued to that i just nailed it and that one is good so so louis vuitton as a i'm a purveyor of overpriced leather products yep yep check out his brand corvid corvid leather but re- just go find uh, shit, i spelled it in a crazy way that i can't even tell you b-r-o-k-k-r on instagram Hit me up. I would love to sell you overpriced, yet handmade and highly, I don't know, prized leather goods. But um, made me a wallet. I like it. Yeah, I have a I have a handmade leather wallet. Yes, actually, I made that with my teeth, so it's not even handmade. Don't know that I want it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So Louis Vuitton, any of you Louis Vuitton folks out there, the pattern on Louis Vuitton, it's kind of crazy. The what's the brand standards lesson right here? Yeah, so... Because so we've already discussed it. Louis Vuitton is crazy in that it's like this delicate, high-fashion, like, take care of it, prize it, which it should be. It's expensive stuff. But crazy that it's got to start as a durable good. So the origin of Louis Vuitton and its, its originality is the pattern that you see and the material that you see on the outside of bags and... and um, wallets and whatever else Louis Vuitton makes with that pattern, I always assumed it was leather, like gold stamped on the leather. It's not. So Louis Vuitton was building luggage, um, but specifically trunks, dressing trunks, regular trunks. And then that day, you know, if you put trunks on a train or a, a carriage or whatever, a lot of them were domed because they had to be out in the weather. It was, it was a lot like barrel making. You, you made these like wooden, wooden domed whatever. Uh, trunks so the water would run off of so they'd be waterproof and louis vuitton the louis of louis vuitton uh, created want to make flat trunks so their so their goods could be stacked so somebody that had the full set of of trunks could get them packed on something like a carriage and 
they they knew they needed to be flat on the top, so you could put one on top of it. So to do that, they said this has to be incredibly waterproof and durable. It's going to be out, you know, it may get rained on. So what's the necessity? Yeah. So out of necessity, they developed the material. So the stuff that you see, again, Louis Vuitton bags made out of, that is a specific Louis Vuitton invention. It's this layered, laminated canvas, waterproof stuff. And to protect their intellectual property, they put the pattern on it. So you can tell if it's a genuine Louis Vuitton. And there's a lot of passive things in the brand standard to tell if it's an authentic Louis Vuitton product. You'll find that their product is cut to the pattern. The LV in Louis Vuitton will never be cut. That's one of the easiest ways to tell it's it's Louis Vuitton. It will be centered in the in the panel that you see the the LV, and then the rest of the pattern generally isn't cut off. They'll kind of trim it to the edge of it. Depends on if there's banding and finishing, but which is pretty easy to. And then normally in a seam, there's a hidden serial number. But then you've destroyed the product by busting open a seam. But that's not leather. It's actually what now would be really close to to naga hide or or pleather. It's a it is a manufactured product that now again if we broke that down or looked at that as a weatherproof vinyl canvas centered thing, it would be actually a cheap material. So it's kind of crazy how this stuff goes. But it's like, about the brand now and development, and then it's about brand. But you heard about like a a rugged. This rugged brand invented this thing to be waterproof for travel. Like Louis Vuitton would not make the top fifty. No, you yet. think it was yes, Gore-Tex, Patagonia, some North one of those brands. Brands, yeah, LL Bean or yeah. whatever. And a lot of people don't know that Louis Vuitton made trunks. Like that was their big thing. But in that day, luggage was trunk. Well, you had to have it because that's the way you traveled. Yeah, it's funny. Like the bag was, uh, <laughs> you know, like just a knapsack was a. A new thing or whatever. But again, it was because it's out on the roof of a carriage. It would uh, get wet. Yeah. And they, couldn't, like, and they couldn't stack it. Yeah, oiled canvas. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, carriage, you could have like two trunks. Yeah, just the roof of the carriage and maybe the back is all you could carry. So again, necessity breeds the need to stack. The stack bred the need to waterproof. And then we wind up with a, a brand um, hundreds of years later. To relate that... I'm wondering what brands come out of the pandemic, especially in the financial service area, that may not have been top of the game before. I think a lot of community banks are coming out really well because they they were very hands-on during the triple P versus more the automation, which gave them a way to deepen their relationship. Whether or not it was efficient and not from the business standpoint, only that specific bank could tell you. But I think a lot of people did build some relationships through it. Hopefully they're marketing it now to their betterment. You got them through your ability to perform, right? Mm-hmm. And I would dare say, and how you performed, yeah. And I would say that we're that, that there are plenty of banks squandering an opportunity right now to turn that necessitous invention into a brand or a practice, or yeah, or solid practice on serving that customer down the road. And I'm just been pretty curious about it going forward i'm i'm watching a lot of how marketing has shifted and uh it's interesting i've noticed native advertisement and placement has picked up tremendously from what i can tell i used to see like the five or six same advertisers on on on, um digital advertising now i'm watching a lot of local business pick it up it's like it's been discovered you know everything's 
happens a few. I'm watching very small non-brand. They've got a brand for themselves, but very small non-national brand or even regional brand type companies now show up in areas that I wouldn't have thought they had the sophistication to even figure out how to be on. Well, I think these are vendors. I mean, vendors. Well, they're selling them and put them on, but like, good for them. I'm yeah. starting to see small business being like, wow, little local mom and pop shop are now, you know, right next to whatever it is on the app in the scroll, like in the ads. Too, too bad I've been telling them that for 20 years. Well, that's this. my point. They're finally there because they realize during the pandemic through necessity that they can't get in front of their customer any other way. They yeah. probably couldn't afford TV and couldn't make an ad, maybe, unless it was, auto, you know, some type of animation well, he, or something that used distancing they couldn't really do that during the pandemic so they were like how are we going to stay in front of our customer knowing that print is receding heavily what are they going to do and so i've seen well, a lot I mean, during the pandemic print was tough because i mean how many people touch this thing and same so i, I think it's it, it's interesting how i've seen that necessity change and i'm like oh you're getting it now i've been preaching that for six years well and it's just because you had to it's kind of like when Gary Vaynerchuk, God bless him for whatever, if you like him or don't, but when he used to talk about how he would buy like wine terms for his wine library and he was getting for nothing because no one understood Google and yeah. no one knew how it worked. And he's sitting here buying pennies for what would cost 10 bucks for a word now. Yeah. And just because just, of him. And yeah, and he just saturated the market and won. And, and then it and made his, And it changed. And now he's, he's, he went to social and now he's moving on to yeah, the, the next platform. Yeah, dollars into something else. The funny thing is, I know all this stuff, but I still haven't successfully done it. I mean, I haven't Louis vuitton yet. Well, you're working on your leather goods. Now you just have to find the necessity for why someone needs a, a leather good that can be mass-manufactured with a brand that will be bought at a premium price. Yeah. Waiting on that on that lightning to strike. Well, speaking of that, the weather has been rather electric lately around here. Yeah, well, you think. Well, in the South in general, yeah. I mean, um, just Mississippi, we just keep getting jumped over. It's been horrible. Horrible. But in the Southeast, you know what we're talking about. We've had two Category 5 weather events or Class 5. In other words, shut down schools all across the Southeast. You know, I, I think from Oklahoma to South Carolina. And oddly enough, years ago, I almost bought those weather cams because they had a sponsorship and i know there are some banks that do them i see a lot of insurance companies do them but that you know it's the whatever cam brought to you by whatever insurance yeah. and the weather cam and then i started thinking i don't know that i want to be recognized with like destruction the most harrowing moment of your month or whatever just the the worst possible day of, you know it's weird but you get eyeballs i guess i just hope the brand recognition isn't with tragedy and destruction I mean, I'm sure there's a brand that lines up with that. Insurance. <laughs> WWE. Absolutely. Insur yeah. Insurance is absolutely a great buy for that. I mean, State Farm Insurance, if you're listening, I mean, you've bought out the weather app. I don't need to see another ad for you on the weather app. Yeah. If you ever try to watch a video, I mean, State Farm is... They, They're there. I'm surprised they don't own the weather app because you can't watch a video without a State Maybe Farm Maybe cheaper by the time they bought the ads. I, seriously. I've, has anyone done that math of like, if the whole app was worth? There have been brands that have made apps that were centric to their, to their brand, but not many. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I feel like this has happened before. Yeah, but yeah, that's a the good Nikes one. and the Under Armour's buying Under Armour bought my fitness, fitness stuff. Though. Yeah, but it, when you see a thank you for the example that I was trying to give. <laughs> Bobby wins the trivia on this one. But anyway, I think. If there's anything to take away from this is that the necessities forced through the pandemic are now real. 
Josh and I have had our shots. Mississippi is wide open. You can go eat in a restaurant. And even today, we went ahead and ordered ahead over digital over the app at the restaurant. And we would we would we had never done that before the pandemic because we eat lunch two three times a week. And it used to be you know where do we want to go today? I'll meet you there. Where do you want to go? Yeah, let's meet here. Now it's what do you want? I'll put in the order. It makes lunch faster, more convenient, or if we want to take the food out. But my point is, we didn't do that before the pandemic. No, never once. And now it's like habit. I mean, it's like almost well, we'll just order before we go. Yeah. Which I love it. I mean, I love it. Assigned seating at movie theaters. I mean, I haven't been. I, I went to a movie theater once because we did the. It's a hundred bucks to rent out the whole thing. I had my. I have three kids. There's five of us. They had little whatever you want to call them. I don't significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends. So by the time we did it, a hundred bucks to rent out a theater was probably cheaper than, than doing it than, with a regular crowd. Yeah. But regardless, the assigned seating when theaters come back, like that, just open table, like. I hate, hate, loathe waiting for a table at a restaurant. Well, especially restaurant. at lunch on a business day. Well, but I hate it. At, anyway. Yeah, you know, two hours. Well, this place got a two-hour wait, like, you know, like getting into Spago in L.A. or something. Like, no thanks. Yeah, Nobu. Welcome to Nobu. It'll be a two-hour wait unless your name is Rick Ross. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, whatever. But Disney, they're going to keep, talk about necessity, they're going to keep the uh, day reservation yeah. From what I've read, so like if they you can control, so the day you say when you buy your five tickets, if you're buying them, you have to also make a reservation for each day to start at that park. Now, yeah. if you hopper, you can leave in the afternoon, two p.m. But you have to stay at least, or you can only enter during that park first. Yeah, that day. And Disney says because it's been great because they can see the crowd that's coming that day, and they can also pre-warn you if it's going to sell out and say. Probably shouldn't come yeah, this but day. How does that? But again, how does that help them? Oh, it tremendously uh, oh, helps yeah, them. Yeah, tre- like food orders, staffing, yeah, hours of operation. If they look and say, "Hey, on Wednesdays, most people don't go to Animal Kingdom till eleven, or they're not coming till the Hopper Pass afternoon. Maybe we open later. Maybe we open earlier so people yeah. leave when it's hot in the day. Like they're seeing a lot of data they didn't have before. Yeah, which is crazy because they could have done that at any point. Yeah, they could have. But I, I think mean, the it idea, was not a new invention. I actually like it because. If I go to Disney or when I go to Disney, it plans sort of plans your vacation for you instead of being like, you know, we may I'm like, you yeah, some... have three three children and wife. We'll, we'll sit there and argue like, well, we'll go this is I was like, no, let's look at when it's got the less population, the most people not going, pick that day to go to that park, and then let's get our reservations so we know we're going that day. But here's the other deal. They're going to fill up anyway because you're just... Yeah, everybody's playing the same game. But at least your game is reserved where it's not like, let's fight over Magic Kingdom versus Hollywood Studios Day. No, we're going like this the Fast Pass thing. I mean, it's, you knew what ride you were going to at what time. Value add that you're willing to pay for. And Disney um, is, is you know, relatively expensive for a Fast Pass. Universal. They don't charge for it. Not anymore. Universal for Fast Pass is, or whatever they call it, Express Pass is expensive. Really? Eggs. A whole extra thing. Pensive. But, but you don't like lines, so Josh Mavis is going to buy that. Going to buy that line. Maybe. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is um, they do it. They have two levels at Universal, so you can ride it once Express or just ride it unlimited. And so you just kind of like just till you get sick, just spin, just wave at other people in line. I think I'm going to stay here for a little while. This is my sixth turn. Yeah, Hulkbuster. This was real fun. Yeah. Uh, well, takeaway for today is. Necessities happen during the pandemic. How can you take advantage of them? Mobile digital, quick openings, 
nurturing those client those new client relationships, uh, understanding that brands can add value through necessity. Louis Vuitton was a great example. And uh, if anything you learned today is that um, this podcast has basically been a MacGuffin while you finished your coffee. So have a wonderful Friday or whatever day it is you're listening to this, because we usually drop them on Fridays. And um, Josh, any parting wisdom you would like to leave with our three listeners? Uh, you know, I mean... Uh, or four, maybe five today? Well, I mean, there's there's three of us. Thousand. Huh? Thousand. Close. Anyway. Thank you for, for listening. And Thank uh, you for being here. Can't wait to be at a... I just can't wait to be at an event with y'all. Oh. I cannot wait. Well, until I that event, it. it's been an event. Yep. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.